going to continue this series. Everybody getting there? Kids, you open your Bibles with me today? Make Mama give you your, her smartphone so you can open the Bible and look. And uh, y'all going to help me preach today, kids? Brandon, you going to help me preach? He said, no, I help Dad. That's all, I, that's all I'm committed to, Pastor. That's it. I asked Ethan, I said, Ethan, will you come help Dad preach this morning? Because I'm talking on bold prayers. And Ethan said, um, no. <laughs> and uh, then he thought I was going to make him do it, and I saw tears start welling up in his eyes. I said, okay, <laughs> we're done here. And so last week we started a series called Bold, and we were talking about how the disciples are standing in front of the Sanhedrin at the same place Jesus would have stood. And standing in front of the same people that just crucified Christ. And um, they're, they're mad at Peter and John. Peter and John are standing here in front of the Sanhedrin. And they're, they're mad at Peter and John because they've just healed a guy. But they're not mad that he healed this guy. They're mad that he healed him in the name of Jesus. And so they're standing at the same place Jesus would have stood in front of the same people that just crucified our Lord and Savior, and boldly they ask them, they say, in whose name was this man healed? In whose power, in whose authority did you do this? And, and Peter and John, in all of their bold stature ways, they stand up strong, and they say, we did it in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. And then they kind of stick the knife in and twist it a little bit. They said, whom you crucified and who God resurrected. See, and they said it with boldness. They said it with authority. They said it with power because they were bold. And so we're, our series we're in right now is bold. And then it goes on to say that the Sadducees were amazed at these men's boldness because they were just ordinary men. And we talked about how that word ordinary meant idiotas, which translates to idiot. That's right. So these are just idiots or ordinary men. Who they're not, they're, and what they're, when they're saying idiot, they're saying someone that is uneducated, someone that is not a, a follower, someone who, who doesn't who doesn't follow quite their, their same skill set when it comes to the Word of God and, and the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible and the Jewish culture. These men don't know any of this. And, and so they're just ordinary men, but the Sadducees are amazed at their boldness because there's something that sets them apart from everybody else in the room. And what sets them apart is Jesus. You can't be the same when you've spent time with Jesus. It's just plain and simple. So we studied, and one of our main points last week is boldness is behavior born out of belief. Three bold facts I gave you last week is God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Your boldness will amaze the world. And spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. And we put a little... Graph up on the screen. Ethan, will you help me with that this morning? We had this little graph, this full circle. And number one is time with Jesus. And then number two is faith. 
because the more time you spend with Jesus, the more it builds your faith. And then number three is boldness, because the more time you spend with Jesus, the more it builds your faith, the more boldened you become. And then number four is results. So the more time you spend with Jesus, it builds your faith, which leads to boldness, which leads to results. And the more results you have in your everyday life as a Christian leads to more time with Jesus, which leads to more faith, which leads to more boldness, which leads to more results for the kingdom of God. So today we're going to talk about praying bold prayers. I'll never forget one Wednesday night I was in Nederland, back when we did Wednesday night services, and we just we finished worship and we gave an altar call for prayer for anybody that needed healing. And this real faithful lady who was in our church had taken in and kind of partially adopted this little girl named Amelia Grace. And uh, she she wills she wills the stroller down to the front, and she goes, Pastor. Uh, God told me if you pray for Amelia, he would heal her. Well, that's a bold statement. And then on my end, I'm thinking, well, just put all the pressure on me, why don't you? So it's my fault if she doesn't get healed, huh? And I I started, before I let any doubt enter my mind, I said, you know what? This ain't on me. It's on him. And this lady's got bold faith, and she says, if I pray for this little girl, she's going to be healed. So I prayed. Because something happens when you get bold. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. Write that down this morning. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. Our language and how we talk reflects what we think and what we believe about God. Just think about that statement. How you pray reflects what you believe. If you you pray selfish prayers and they're just about you, well, you might believe that God just exists for you. Because you don't pray for nobody else. You're just praying for selfish little things. If you pray for little small prayers, it might it might state that you have a lack of faith that he's a big God. He can just do little things and and we you know we all want to feel like we're winning in life. So we you know we we say, "Well God, you know, I want your prayer to come true, so I'm going to give you something that might by happenstance happen anyway." And so we give God we give God these these little small prayers and think we've we've done something. And I want to tell you something. It's not faith if it can happen on its own. It's not faith if that thing could have happened just walking down the street. It takes faith to pray bold prayers and, and, and to state bold statements that, that you know that only God can get you out of this situation, that only God can answer that prayer. It takes boldness. If you rarely pray, you might really believe that God doesn't answer prayer because you don't ask him enough. If, if you make statements like, well, all I can do is pray now, you're making a statement to God, well, you know, God, I've tried everything else. 
You're my, you're my last uh, choice. You're, you're the last choice that I have. See, because our language, our language says what we think about our God. It does. Our language expresses how we feel about God. Do you serve a small God that's in a box, that's limited, that he, he just, you know, he did that in that day. He don't do it today. We talked about the disciples, how they were bold in front of the Sanhedrin. And I, I really believe that today we don't see the miracles that we saw back in the biblical days is because we don't have the boldness that they had in the biblical days. They put it all on the line. They said, God, we trust you with everything. These men, we don't care if they kill us. We don't care what they do to us because we know who you are. Do you know who God is in your life? Do you trust him to do big things in your life? I want, to think of, I want you to think right now, just, just think back on what you've prayed for in the last year. It says a lot about what you prayed. Just think about what you prayed for. Well, Pastor, you know, I just really didn't pray that much. Well, I, I would think about that if I did. Or, Pastor, you know, I just asked that I get school supplies for my kids. And that's an honorable prayer. That is. That, that's a good prayer. That says, Father, provide for me financially. I'm just not making it. That's a lot bolder than not praying at all. But, but, but really, we have to change the way we think about God. We have to change the way. We have to realize that if he's big enough to save us and take us to heaven and give us eternity, he's big enough to answer everything that we have a question for on this earth today. He's big enough to answer any prayer that we pray. But it takes boldness. God answered all your prayers that you prayed in the last week. What would that look like? What would that look like? For some of y'all would say, well, I'd have a husband right now. <laughs> I'd have me a man to go dancing with. Or some of you might say, well, if God answered all my prayers, my marriage would be better right now. Well, did you pray for your marriage today? Did you take your wife by the hand and grab her and say, honey, I don't know what's going on, but I believe we serve a big God. And he's going to bring us out to where we need to be. He's going to take us through this fire, and we're going to come out loving each other more than we've ever loved each other in our lives. What are you speaking over your life? Believe me, there's days that Pastor Jennifer really prays for me. <laughs> she does. She said, yeah, yesterday. <laughs> Would you have gotten a raise if you got everything you prayed for? Would you have a new house? Would you be out of debt? Do you need a miracle in your finances? Would grandma be healed right now if you'd have got everything you prayed for this week? Would your kids be in a church service right now if you'd have got all your prayers this week? God wants to answer your prayers. And I want to give you some keys to that today. I want to look at Peter and John. The Sanhedrin has just released them from healing a man in the name of Jesus. And now they're home 
with the rest of the disciples. Let's pick up the story here in Acts 4, 23 through 24. It says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. In other words, they went out and reported that they said, don't, don't say nothing about Jesus no more. Don't, don't use his name. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. They went and, they went and told them what, what, what the chief priests had said to them. But let's see what they do. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Who are you praying with? There's power in numbers. There's power in prayer. Are you praying when your situation is gone? The first thing they do, God's delivered them out of the Sanhedrin where Jesus got crucified. And, and they're bold, and they, they make bold statements right to the guys. And the first thing they do is they go home, and they lock hands together, and they say, I'm going to get with somebody, and we're going to pray about this. So let's look at their prayers. In Acts 4.24, I love how they start off this prayer. They say, Sovereign Lord. You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They started to worship him. Sovereign God, you are great. You are majestic. You are wonderful in everything that you are. That's what that word means. You're wonderful above everything else. You're above everyone else. You are the sovereign Lord. And they begin to worship and they begin to pray. God knew who he was. He didn't need them to tell him who he was. But they just, they go into an immediate mode of worship because they know who God is in their life. See, you can be going through the worst time in your life when they've been, they're holding spears and they're holding swords in a circle around you. And you can go through the worst thing you've ever went through in your life. And then all of a sudden, you just lock up and you say, I praise you, Jesus. I know I've gone through a storm. I know things that happened. But my God is with me. He's sovereign in everything that he does. You made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what you're... They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. In other words, God, I know what they did to Jesus, but I know it was your will, and it was only by your power, because we know who you are. It makes a difference when you know who God is and what he's capable of. They prayed with a God consciousness. When's the last time, think about it, that you prayed with a God consciousness? You, you thought about who he was and what he could do in your life. It, it, it changes something in me when, when I pray with a God consciousness. And I know with, with God all things are possible. That anything I pray according to Matthew 21, 2, 22, anything I ask in his name, praying and believing it shall be done. Anything. They knew that they were in God's will. See, when you pray and you know that you're living a, a life that is acceptable to Christ, and, and you know that, 
You're, you're doing what he's called you to do, and you're in the middle of his will. It doesn't matter what it looks like what you're going through. You know that he has a plan, and it's bigger than your stuff. They prayed twofold prayers right after this. First of all, in Acts 4.29, they prayed for boldness. It says, now, Lord, consider their threats. Consider that they've threatened us and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. It doesn't matter that they threaten them. They said, God, we've been threatened. But enable us to speak your good word with boldness. Now, wait, weren't they just bold? Isn't that, isn't that odd? They've already been bold. They've already, they've already stabbed the sword into the Sanhedrin and kind of turned it a little bit, uh, jabbing them with, with the, the fact that they, they, they crucified Jesus, and, but he's been resurrected, and they don't believe in the resurrection. They, isn't that bold that they could have been killed on the spot? But yet they come back, and they ask for more boldness. God, give us great boldness. Peter's already seen 3,000 saved. He's already faced the Sanhedrin, but yet he's still asking God for more, more boldness. It, it wasn't enough for them. If I was to give them advice, I'd probably say, well, guys, you know, isn't boldness what caused the problem? You know, do, do you really want to go to jail? See, because that's how we think. We think, we think well, you know, maybe you just need to, to calm down for just a minute and, and just just relax. After all, you know, it's football season and we don't want to miss them cowboys. Maybe we get bold after football season. Or we, we want to see if this kid Brock Osweiler can really throw the ball. I hate to say this, but my Dak Prescott's looking better. <laughs> I'm liable to get stoned right here. That was a bold statement in, in, in Texans country. <laughs> but, but these guys were bold, but yet they had dream of, hey, I'm bold and I got faith, brother. <laughs> we're going to the bowl. <laughs> we had a good preseason game. <laughs> That's how them Redskin fans believe. <laughs> But no, see, boldness is for the benefit of someone else. Peter and John weren't concerned for their own safety. They were concerned for the lives of others. Write this down. Boldness is for the benefit of someone else. It helps them know the love of God through Jesus. Why do we pray for boldness? Have you, have you ever prayed for boldness in your life? Let me ask you that question. Most people have never thought of it. Why? Why haven't you thought to pray for boldness? I, I can tell you why most people don't think of it because they've never thought of it. It's scary. It's, it's, in fact, boldness is kind of other-centered. It, it doesn't help me. It helps others. Most of our prayers are in life are self-centered as Christians, right? You know, when you're a teenager, Lord, please, I got a, I got a date tonight, and this temple is Mount Everest. Take it away. And, uh, you know, well, God, I really need an A, or I'm not going to be watching TV for six weeks. But worse than that, 
God, I'm going to lose my phone for six weeks. <laughs> and there's a cute girl I'm texting right now. Or, Lord, let me make a good presentation at the job that I'm interview I'm going to this week. We, we ask for self-centered things. But, but boldness is one of those things you ask for that it helps somebody else. See, because it takes boldness to witness to people. It takes boldness to lead people to Christ. Think about the day and age where Peter had 3,000 saved, but yet the Sanhedrin, the, the Jewish culture of the day, all the Roman guards, they're looking for you. But yet you're still marching along because it's not for the benefit of yourself. It's for the benefit of someone else. They had something bigger on their brain. I pray, Lord, use me today. Make me bold. Will that be your prayer with me today? Make me bold, Father. Use me. Use me at the Wally World this week, Father. Let me see somebody I don't know, and let me tell them about Jesus. That's where me and Jennifer go on our dates. We do. Pastor Jennifer's new name is What's For. That's her name. She's got three boys, and they walk in the door. It's not, hi, Mom. It's not, hey, 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 we love you. It's none of that. It's, hey, what's for dinner? What's for? What's for breakfast? What's for lunch? We're on a ministry trip the other day. We're gone. We're in, we're in Beaumont for the day meeting with uh, other campus pastors. And, and uh, it's, it's 12 o'clock noon, and he's texting, hey, what's for dinner tonight? So that's her name, Pastor What's For. <laughs> what's for dinner? Use me, use me, Father. You know, and I'm not going to tell y'all that we don't make out in the produce aisle every once in a while. But <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but we, we seriously, we go on our dates at Walmart. And, and um, so if you see two people kissing, just say, oh, that's my pastor, and keep on going. But, uh, you know, it takes three baskets and a lot of groceries to feed my boys. And, uh, or Lord, let me, when I'm at Academy, and I'm walking through the fishing section, Father, let me fish for men today. Let me reel somebody in for Jesus that needs a miracle in their life today. Father, give me, give me divine boldness in every area of my life. When people ask you to pray for them, pray now. You know, I was, I was in Chewy's last week after church on Sunday. And I was eating lunch. And uh, we're sitting there uh, with Ed and Cheryl, and we're eating lunch. And I look over across the room, and there's Joe and Susan. I'm like, all right, there's Joe and Susan. I jump up. I go go see my friends because, I mean, they're part of my family. After all, every one of y'all are my family. If I see you, I'm going to bombard you. I'm sorry. I don't care if you eat chips or not. And uh, so I go bombard them. I said, hey, Joe, how's it, Susan, how's it going? And she goes, well, Pastor. For five months now, my wound on the back of my ankle has taken care of itself. And uh, probably fixing to have to go to a wound specialist. It's just not, it's not healing. So right in the middle of Chili's, I just said, you know what? Yeah, I ain't said nothing yet. Right in the middle of Chili's. Father, lifted my hand up. Father, I just thank you right now. She's a child of the Most High. I thank you, Father, that that ankle, is, that wound is healed. Father, that, that everything's done right now. We don't have to wait. Your Holy Spirit is on her right now, healing her as we speak in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. And you know what? She don't need a wound specialist. Sitting right back there in the back, 
Her wound looks better than it's it's looked in five months after her surgery. It's it's all it's just a little bitty little bitty scab line right now, because I believe that with bold, powerful prayers, God wants to do stuff in your life. He wants to give you a testimony to influence others. It goes to the the results part. The more time you spend with God, the more it builds your faith. The more it gives you boldness. The more results you'll see in your everyday walk with Him. And those results equal lives. That's what boldness does. When you pray for it, God will give it to you. Number two, they prayed for miracles. That was their second bold act. Acts 4.30. They prayed this along with everything else they're praying. They say, Father... Stretch out your hand, hand of God, to heal and to perform miracles, signs, and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Let's be honest. Most of our prayers are little. When it comes to healing, we kind of clam up a little bit. Well, you know, what if God doesn't do that? What if God does do that? What if God does do it? I don't know about you, but I'd rather err on the side of what if God does do it than what if God doesn't do it. There's just something about expectation and believing. When you pray, do you expect Him to do it? Or do you give Him a way out? Well, Father, we just thank you for your will today, that it'll be done. God don't need you to give him a way out. He don't. He already knows what his will is. He's already said, I sent my son, and it says in his word in Isaiah 53, that by his stripes we are healed. He don't need us to give him a way out. All that says is you don't have a faith in your life, that He will do it. And believe me, He will do it. We've just got to be bold. We've just got to believe that He can do it. It said we have faith of a mustard seed. Well, a mustard seed ain't saying, if it's your will. It's not it. I want you to get a picture of this today. Imagine the hand of Jesus. They said, Father, stretch out your hand. To heal and perform. Next time you pray for somebody to get healed, I want you to imagine, just close your eyes with me. Imagine the hand of Jesus just coming out, coming out and just touching them right where they're at. That's what these guys are saying. Stretch out your hand, Father. And through the mighty name of Jesus, show us signs. Show us wonders. Father, stretch out your hand to give me Stretch out your hand and give me power. Stretch out your hand, Father, and touch this person and change them forever. What would that do in somebody's life if we truly get to a place where we believe that he can do it? Now, I'm not telling you to stop praying for small things. I'm just telling you along with the small things, get down to the everyday. Talk to the Father. Stay in in communication with Him. And at the same time, 
I want you to make some bold, bold prayers that only he forget I met Mike and Tracy Allison Mike's right over here that's the um, I call him the pastor <laughs> but um, in Needling and their daughter Aunt Mosley was with her and uh, first service they were there and sitting in the back and Pastor Clark began to speak and he was speaking about that and the bishops in the house speaking or was it Damon Pastor Damon it was Bishop Brown right and and so uh, I'm using them, but I'm joking. But anyway, uh, Bishop Bishop Bishop's there, and he begins to open the word and deliver it with only the authority that the bishop can. And and he's delivering the word of God, and all of a sudden, from the back section, Mason screams, "Shut up, stupid!" <laughs> and I about lost it. <laughs> And then Mike starts to wheel her out the door, and she says, uh, expl- exploratory. <laughs> and, uh, and she goes outside, and uh, she goes outside, and we, I, I, I went and introduced myself and got to meet him, and we, we became friends. And, and one day, Mason's down in the offering for praying for Macy Campbell because she was you know, praying for Uncle Keith. And Macy, at the age of 14, was it 14? 14 and never moved from her legs. Oh, most of her life. Never moved her. How long had it been since she moved her legs? Never, never had moved her legs at all. And uh, never had moved her legs. And she came down and just prayed for him. She began to pick her legs. Began to lift her. Just started picking her legs. Out of nowhere, picking her legs. Now, she didn't get her whole miracle there, but that's okay. We saw a miracle right there. And then, and then a little further down the road, Tracy, um, after they moved to Pearland so they could be with us on Sunday night, um, Tracy said, I got an eye appointment with uh, the doctor today, and I'm just, uh, I don't know what he wants to do, you know. I don't know why they're sending me to an eye doctor. After all, she's legally blind. And she's blind. They told us the nerves are dead in her eye, and she'll never see anything. And I typed on Facebook, I said, nope, they're going to tell you that all she needs is some sight. And went to the eye doctor that day, and he said, it's a miracle. Macy's eye nerves aren't dead. She just needs some powerful glasses. And, you know, God is moving in Macy's life, and we're seeing one little thing at a time being restored over and over again. Uh, I, I remember when my son Ethan, he'd come out of one of his 12 surgeries that he had, and his arm would be all bandaged up with blood on the bandages, and he'd be sitting there screaming and crying in pain with a morphine pump pushing it with his other arm, pu- pushing it, <laughs> pushing it, trying to get relief. Just couldn't get none. And he'd look over me and he'd say, Mom, Dad, pray. It's the only thing that helps. And once again, we'd lay our hands on his arm. We'd begin to pray. And instantly, he'd get better. Because God, when you pray bold prayers, he hears us. He is our Father. Just like I want my son to feel better, God wants my son to feel better. Just like God doesn't want your friend to suffer with cancer, he he doesn't want your your friend to suffer with the things they've suffered with, he doesn't want you to suffer with the migraines you've been going through, but he's waiting for you just to say a bold prayer. Father, I know you can do it. You've done it for everybody else. Do it for me today. 
It's my turn. But do it where he can get the credit and he can get the honor. I talked to you earlier about Amelia Grace. Left you hanging. Came down to the aisle. We prayed for her. Little girl had a hole in her heart. But if we can do open heart surgery, that's what we'll do. And her mom said they, they've decided, her, her foster mom said, Jeannie, tell me. She goes, Pastor, they're, uh, they're going in tomorrow for another, another MRI and another scan. And, and they're going to they're gonna schedule the surgery for the following day. They just want to make sure they're going in the right place. And, and they know exactly where the hole is when they go in there. So they're out there looking for it. And they want to do, this girl's under the age of one. They want to do lessive invasive in the hand. But she has to have it done now. We can't wait no longer. And so it it was my choice whether I was going to be bold and say, well, Lord, if it's your will, heal this little girl. Well, this little girl needed a miracle. We laid our hands on her and we began to pray. Felt the Spirit of God come over. My mom wheeled her out that that afternoon. And and they, they took her to the doctor the next day. And the doctor said, we don't know what happened. We don't know what happened, Jeannie, but it must be a miracle because there's no hole in this little girl's heart. God had healed her right there on the spot. Now, I'm not saying this because I prayed with her because it's not me, it's him. But it's saying bold prayers. And then, and then here's the kicker. So she goes back three months later because she needs hernia surgery. She's got a bad hernia. She goes back, I didn't even know about the hernia. And Jeannie came running up in church on Sunday morning. Pastor, you're not going to believe it. We went for a hernia surgery. Guess what? That hernia wasn't there either. God, God, when he healed it, he healed it all at one time and took care of that precious little baby girl. And immediately she began to gain weight. Immediately you could see color revived into her skin. Immediately there was something different about her because only the hand of God could touch her and change her like he did. And not only that, through it all, Jeannie, Jeannie got to give the baby back to its grandparents. And its grandparents know that the baby had a miracle because they know what the grandbaby had been through. They knew the grandbaby had a hole. And it, it was a testimony to their whole family because one woman had enough faith to say, Pastor, I know if you pray for this baby, she's going to be healed. I believe that that baby was healed before I ever touched it. It was the faith of a, a praying mama who said, I know without a shadow of doubt, that my God is going to heal this baby if you pray for it. It was her faith, not mine, that healed that baby. What does a real sign do? It always points to him. A real sign always brings him glory. And it opens people's hearts to accept him. Why were there miracles in the church in in the early days? The miracles outside the church, we talked about last week, the lame guy had been laying for 40 years, and he was at a gate called Beautiful. Well, let me tell you what was beautiful. It's when Peter and John looked at that, looked at that man laying on the street who had been laying for 40 years. What was beautiful when they, he, he's begging for money, and he says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I freely give. And they gave him the name of Jesus, and it healed him instantly. That's boldness. That's what boldness is for. That's what God wants to operate in our life. He wants to touch people. Have you ever seen a miracle? That's my question. As we begin to pray.
Have you ever seen a miracle in your life? My next question is, have you ever prayed for something? Are you bold enough to ask God to do something extreme in your life? I'm going to give you uh, one more verse, James 4, 2. It says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war and take it away from them, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God. Are you bold enough to ask God to do something extreme? Do you believe that your God is actually big enough to give it to you? I think he does. I believe he does. I think that this week something great is going to happen in your life. I've given each and every one of you index cards as you walked into service today. I want you in the next few minutes while I finish, I want you to think about something bold that you can write on that card that you're believing God for. And as we close out this next week of 21 days of prayer and fasting, as we come together Saturday night, bring those index cards with you. Six o'clock Saturday night. And we're going to pray over those index cards once again, the ones you prayed over all week. And I'm believing that God is going to do a bold, 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 bold miracle in your life. The scripture said, because you don't ask God for it. In other words, complaining is not praying. Venting is not praying. Let me tell you a secret. Prayer equals prophecy over your life, which determines your future. Prayer equals prophecy. Prayer is what you speak over your own life. It's being prophetic. And what you're speaking over your life is what's determining your future. What are you praying for this week? You say, well, pastor, you know, I've prayed before for a miracle. God doesn't always do it. I'd say you're right. He doesn't always do it. But I also say that no prayer equals no tension. And my faith in God is big enough to handle a no or a not yet because I know who he is. And I think, I think you really have to get to that point in your life where your faith is big enough that you can handle a no and you can handle a not yet in order for him to do a real miracle in your life. That's true faith, to pray no matter what. No matter what the outcome, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to stand up for you, God. Acts 4.31, it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. Prayer equals speaking God's word boldly. It says in Acts 1-8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere to the ends of the earth. If you want to tell people about Jesus, you need his boldness, and power starts with prayer. If you want to be a powerful man of God, you want to be a powerful lady of God, you want to be a powerful child of God, it starts with prayer. So with these cards, I want you to prophesy over your future. Write down something bold. Stand with me as we close. Father, I thank you for your word, that it's true that it's living, and that it breathes, Father God. 
I thank you that your breath is in this book. And as we speak it out, Father, the breath of God goes out among us. And it touches us. And it it breaks down walls and it breaks down barriers in our lives, Father. Don't let there be a barrier of doubt in our lives, Father. Let us have faith that with you all things are possible, Father. That with you there are no limits, there are no boundaries. Because you are infinite in your wisdom, you're infinite in your grace, Father. And there's nothing, nothing that is impossible with you. I thank you, Father, for the word that you've given us today. Let us go out into our city and let us be bold and let us find people that need Jesus. In your name we pray.